Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Sorkins. In this week's edition of Insight, we've got the good and the bad, the yin and the yang, and the Will Smith and Chris Rock. Commercial premiums are going up, but there is some relief. No one can decide if it's a hard or soft market, or if that's a good or a bad thing. And it's either a good time or a bad time to be a broker, be in life insurance, or be an insurer. But there's always an opportunity around the corner. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm joined by Deputy Editor Wendy Pugh, Editor John Deeks, and Chairman Terry McMullen. Hello, John. Hello. Are you the yin to Terry's yang? Possibly, but I think we do have a lot in common when it comes to uh, journalism and the way to go about it. Hello, Terry. Good morning. Would you agree with John? Oh, totally. I think John and I are, and, and Wendy come to that totally on the same page when it, when it comes to quality journalism. The yin, the yang, and the young. <laughs> Uh, which leads me on to Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Good morning, Andrew. I was going to ask whether that makes you Chris or Will, but uh, maybe you're just the uh, the young to the yin and yang. I'd be honoured to be the young. I don't think it's quite true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a diverse pod this week. We're not the only journalists writing about inflation. I should say, you're not the only journalists writing about inflation and me talking about it. And interest rates at the moment... Wendy, how is the economic environment shaping up for the insurers? Well, Swiss Re put out a report as part of their Sigma series, and they were talking about the inflation pressures hitting insurers at the moment through their claims costs. While on the other hand, they point out central banks are raising interest rates, so that's going to mean insurers will get higher investment returns. Um, But the trouble is that's going to be more of a benefit from, from next year rather than now. That was a global report, and it focused on COVID and supply chain problems and and the war in Ukraine. But you can certainly see those same things um, here, particularly with the impacts of the floods and, um, and, you know, as highlighted in the recent ABS inflation data and and talk about what the Reserve Bank of Australia is going to do on interest rates. Well, like yin and yang, it seems maybe the two could balance each other out, Terry. Well, inflation and interest rates, it... (laughs) It's been a long time since insurers were making much on their investments. That's for sure. And it'll be a while before we see the benefits from rising uh, interest rates getting to the point where they outweigh the additional costs coming from inflation, if ever. Um, Look, yeah, we, we all know interest rates are going to rise. If not now, then certainly very soon. Uh, the annual inflation rate is already at a 20-year high of 5.1%, and the industry has all these claims to pay. While the cost of materials and tradies, et cetera, is continuing to rise and the the global economic position is being influenced by everything from oil prices to Ukraine. I don't think the the Reserve Bank's going to come out with a 5.1% rate increase. So interest rates are going to continue to drag along behind inflation like a grumpy three-year-old in a supermarket, maybe next year. Well, we keep reporting that commercial premiums are still going up, John, but according to the latest Marsh Index, there is some relief. Yes, that's right. We we regularly cover these uh, these reports, which come out on a quarterly basis. But the reason we do that is because they're all, always so interesting and, and they, they, they paint a, a really good picture of the commercial rates in not just this market, but but global markets and the US and the UK and and all the the major markets. And um, the trend at the moment is that rates are still going up, but they're going up more slowly. And this has been the case for a little while. This is the fifth quarter now where the pace of increases has slowed. 
Uh, this is also the first quarter in a long time where the Pacific market has risen slower than, than the global average. So that's interesting for us here. But we mustn't forget, of course, that while the rises are slowing, still, the, the prices are still going up and they have been going up for 18 consecutive quarters now. And that's a record since the Marsh Index was started back in, in 2012 to have that many consecutive quarters of either increasing or decreasing prices. So yeah, it's it's slowing down, which would be good news, I guess, for, for insurance customers, but still going up. Well, in the, the last edition of The Broker, there were some similar comments from Gallagher, weren't there? Yes, that's right. So Gallagher's report uh, that we covered in The Broker last week was was a local report. And that also said there was an easing in, in this four-year hard market. Uh, and, and as a result of that, we're seeing local underwriters accepting more risks now, whereas at the, at the peak of the hard market, uh, overseas underwriters were the only option for some, for some people. Uh, so we're seeing more, more risks shifting back onshore to Australia. Um, but of course, it is, still, it is still a hard market and some areas are harder than others. Well, it's one thing for the hard market to be easing, Terry, but that doesn't mean we're heading for a soft market, does it? No, but but somewhere in between it'd be nice. As we noted before, low interest rates are coming to an end and we'd expect normally or historically that this would lead to a soft market eventually. But we should also remember that over the past 10 years, the industry has done a lot of work to bring premiums up to a more technically correct level, which means that the day of an insurance market running almost entirely on a, a competitive cycle with rapid softening or hardening, they're probably behind us. And even if they did follow that, high interest rates drive a soft market and it's going to take a while to get there. So softening rates in specific classes like, say, DNO, aren't being driven so much by competitive forces as they might have been before. They're really being driven by insurers charging the correct price for the risk. So I'm beginning to think Robert Kelly might be right and the insurance cycle is dead. I guess time will tell. Uh, well, there's a lot of competition out there between the big groups looking to acquire independent brokerages. Wendy, PSC are the latest with a deal to announce, aren't they? Well, they announced they'd bought um, Alan Wilson Insurance Brokers, which is based in Cherelgan in Victoria's Gibson region. And P PSC says they've got a, a diversified commercial SME client base and, and also a, a, a very strong market position in the fire protection industry. And that, that business was founded by Alan Wilson um, in 1984. And, and interestingly, PSC Deputy Chairman Paul Dwyer's first job in insurance broking was, was with that brokerage. It all comes around. Um, it must be a good time to sell up, Terry, if you own a uh, successful small brokerage? Well, I think Alan Wilson is one of those outstanding brokers that, you know, everybody would, would love to buy. So well done, PSC. There's a, there's a great deal of competition out there from what I think of as consolidators. If a broker's at the right stage in their career or life, or if they want to grow within a larger organisation, really the past 10 years have been a good time to sell at least part of your company or all of it. And as the number of available brokerages falls, they'll presumably become worth even more. So I certain there are plenty, I'm assured, of brokerages out there. And uh, 
I think this is we're going to see this just continuing. Well, it's been a while since we brought up an AFCA ruling, John, and there's an interesting one in the life insurance section this week. Yes, that's right. So this one related to premiums, and we often find this with life insurance customers. They get they get shocked and horrified when when their premiums go up as they get older. And uh, yeah, there's often complaints to AFCA about about that. Now, this one related to MLC. Um, and they had increased premiums for a customer, not just because of rising age, but also um, because of annual increases to the benefits provided. They'd also re-rated and upped the premiums on that basis. And it was here that AFCA said they needed to have given more notice. AFCA said that uh, MLC needed to provide one month's notice to the customer to change the premiums in that way, and they hadn't done. Therefore, they had to refund premiums in in three years where they hadn't provided that notice. The really interesting thing about this ruling, I think, is that MLC pointed out to AFCA that not so long ago, they ruled on a very similar issue and found in the opposite way. They said that uh, actually upping the premiums in this way didn't require a a one-month written notice. Um, But AFCA said, yes, you're right, we did decide the other way back back then, but that doesn't mean uh, we can't decide differently this time. So uh, they said, you know, precedents were important, but not binding. Uh, And so, yeah, they made a different decision this time around, much to MLC's disappointment, I guess. I bet. I mean, what do you think about ignoring previous rulings, Terry? Could a lack of consistency damage the confidence in uh, Africa and the scheme? Look, this has been an issue with ombudsman schemes right from the start. They're not a court of law. They decide what's fair and reasonable in the circumstances rather than clinging to what the law says, which would give us a predictable but often less fair conclusion. So there's no particular reason to expect the sort of consistency from AFCA that you get from the courts. Fairness is in the eye of the beholder. Is, it, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, really. I mean, if, if you want consistency, then then take it to court. But what you'll find is that the, the court will, will back AFCA anyway. So, you know, get used to it. Well, finally, Wendy, you can always trust the insurance industry to find an opportunity in a crisis. Tell us about this new COVID-related product. ProRisk has released a product they call COVID Bounce Back, which pays a, a fixed cash benefit uh, sum of between $1,000 and $5,000 if a person is hospitalised for at least 24 hours due to COVID. Um, and this is being um, underwritten by uh, underwriters at Lloyd's. Um, so it's been offered on a, a group policy basis for organisations such as unions, employers, associations or other groups. Um, and ProRisk point out that, we, you know, with restrictions easing and more people going to offices and being out and about and while the uh, virus is still around, it, it provides a bit of extra uh, financial protection. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, the Insight podcast. Thank you once again to our panel, John Deeks, Wendy Pugh and Terry McMullen. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, and all your favourite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.